When do you want it? The killing of George Floyd by the Minneapolis police in the U.S. triggered a wave of anti-racism protests in several countries, often those with a history linked to the slave trade. That has not been the case in Brazil, the very last country in the Western world to abolish slavery. As a matter of fact, while the world explodes in outrage against systemic racism, in Brazil we are witnessing textbook cases that portray how society is unfairly weighted against people of color. On May 18th, Rio de Janeiro police killed 14-year-old João Pedro Matos, shooting over 80 times at a house where he was playing. The police then disappeared with his body for 17 hours before his family found him in the coroner's office. Two weeks later, Five-year-old Miguel da Silva died after falling from the ninth floor of the building where his mother worked as a maid. She had to walk the family's dog and left the child in the care of her white boss, who left the toddler unattended. While many foreigners see Brazil as a racial democracy, an image the country has embraced itself, Brazilian racial relations are anything but democratic. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. One of the oddest moments of my life came when I was about 19 years old and on an exchange program in the US. I had to file for a social security number. And there, right at the beginning of the form, I found a field for race. And I hesitated. I was unsure of which box I should check. Uh, I'm fairly light-skinned. But if you could see me or if you have heard my name, you would know that I'm Latin American for sure. Uh, in Brazil, I'm white. But not North American white. I asked the lady at the booth, what should I put down as my ethnicity? And I can still remember the contempt in her reply. Sir, you're obviously Latino. Race in Brazil is self-determined, and the lines here are often quite blurry. The color of one's skin to themselves and to others often depends more on social issues than ethnicity per se. And our social construction in Brazil has crushed the identity of people of color, as our columnist on racial issues Bruno Rico wrote, black and multiracial people in Brazil do not see themselves as a united ethnic group. For the first time in the 2010 census, whites were no longer the majority of the Brazilian population, but not because of any sort of radical demographic shift, but rather because people started to embrace their African heritage a bit more. As a matter of fact, In 1976, the Census Bureau asked Brazilians to describe their own skin color with an open-ended question, giving no previous alternatives to choose from. And they ended up with a list of 136 colors, ranging from coffee, cinnamon, and honey, to toasted, singed, and even wheat. And to be fair to them, they weren't exactly wrong to come up with such diverse answers. 
According to Ricardo de Lazaro, a founding partner at Genetics Lab Geneta, which offers DNA tests that allows us to trace our origins, race is much more complex than the narrow list of options Brazilians are given come census time. It's very common, like an ordinary Brazilian, be part European, be part Native American, and part African. So this is we always know in the like the, in the history of Brazil, but uh, the genetic mark is, is is there in almost everybody here. Another thing that is very interesting, we had some uh, some people that received an unexpected result. So people that supposed to be 100% or almost 100% European, and they uh, they noticed that they have a large percentage of African or Native American. Uh, or even like uh, Middle Eastern, it's very common. And the other part as well, like uh, we had people uh, that are from uh, Black movement and they have like uh, the the largest part of their DNA is, are in fact uh, European. So this is uh, a couple of cases that we we had so far. We at the Brazilian Report had prepared an episode about immigration, and we had all taken a DNA test, kindly provided by Janeta. But the results came back much less diverse than one would have imagined for a bunch of Brazilians. And we decided to use them on this episode about racism, because they do say a lot about how our society is structured. We at the Brazilian Report are college-educated, we speak English, which already sets us apart from most of our fellow country folk. And when we look at our heritage, we can see why, for reasons we will explain later in this episode. You will be able to check our DNA test results on our website and see if they surprise you. Mine was certainly a shock for me. Despite having Portuguese surnames, I am apparently more Italian than anything else with 32%, and just 22% from the Iberian Peninsula. And I have only 6% of indigenous Brazilian blood. But the biggest surprise is that I'm as much of African descent as I have Scandinavian, Jewish, or Asian blood, which if you have ever seen my face, you would never guess. I never guessed before. I'll let my colleagues tell you about their own results, starting with the two Europeans in our team, which are sort of the control group, the co-founder of the Brazilian Report, Loha Quihan, who's French, and our Scottish editor, Ewan Marshall. Laura, you go first. The DNA test was quite a fantastic opportunity, and the waiting was very exciting. We were betting on which origins we would have. I was stunned to discover I'm a bit Native American, just a bit, 1%, but still. I imagine how or when my ancestor crossed the Atlantic to Europe. The rest came as I would expect, 99% European. My family comes from a region next to Germany, so I thought I would have ancestry from these two countries. But actually, my most significant heritage is British, 23%. When I lived in China, people often took me for a Brit. Now, I know why. Oh, and did I mention that Iwan is my fifth cousin? Yes, this is no joke. When we say that the world is small, don't laugh at that. It's true. How about you, Iwan? 
So after taking the test, I was already certain that my results would be the most homogenous and, you know, maybe boring out of everyone in the office. Because I grew up in Scotland, as did my entire family, so I was not surprised at all to find out that I am, as they said, 100% European. Um, the influence from Iberia was interesting, though. Um, my family has always had a kind of sneaking suspicion that my paternal grandmother's roots actually laid in Spain, so maybe it's time to revisit the family tree and do a bit more research. But Ewan and Laura are not the only distant relatives in the company. Our young reporters Natalia Scalzareto and Lucas Berti also brought a nice surprise to the results. As a descendant of Italian, Spanish, Portuguese and indigenous people, I expected my DNA to show some plurality. But the results went beyond. I never imagined I had Jewish ancestry or from the Middle East or Africa. And it was amazing to know that so many cultures had contributed to who I am. I look forward to discovering more about them. And I also got a bit of a surprise on the genealogy results. As it turns out, one of my distant cousins is our very own Latin American expert, Lucas. So, as well as sharing a love for Buenos Aires, we've also got a bit of a DNA in common too. Well, I pretty much knew about my European roots since my grandfather came from Italy when he was a kid and my mother's family is also from Portugal. However, my father's mother has indigenous blood, so I was hoping to find some information about my native Latin American origins. However, it was interesting to find that 7% of my blood comes from the Middle East, which explains my big nose, my furry face and some Arabic traits. It was a nice experience for sure. It felt quite weird to see that our DNA is so European and barely African. In a country where 54% of people identify themselves as black or multiracial. And there is a reason for that. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Ewan Marshall. I'm an editor at The Brazilian Report. As you know, we are an independent news outlet that lives off subscriptions. So you can support our independence by choosing one of our plans for the best content about Brazil in English. And if you've already subscribed, then you can also buy us a coffee with a small donation starting at $4 and going up to whatever your budget and your heart allows. You can help us refill our coffee mugs to continue our 24-7 coverage of COVID-19 in Brazil. You just need to go to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. Cheers! Economics professor Leonardo Monasterio of Brazil's Public School of Administration had some answers we were looking for. In the research about ancestrality in Brazil, he gathered historical evidence to connect surnames to five of the most common ancestralities in Brazil, Iberian, Italian, German, Japanese, and Eastern European. Brazil is a quite interesting case because Brazil in the beginning of the 19th century started, uh, in the end of the 19th century, started receiving lots of immigrants, mainly from uh, non-Iberian countries from Europe, just like uh, uh, Argentina, Brazil received lots of immigrants from Italy, Germany, and 
Eastern European countries and Japan. But uh, that what's, what makes Brazil really unique is that after 1930s, uh, Brazil uh, closed uh, itself for, for foreign immigrants. And there are some Portuguese people that have arrived, some Spanish, but people with uh, surnames, uh, Italian, German, Japanese surnames, uh, quite, we are quite sure that they are the descendants of those immigrants that have arrived in the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. They are not recent arrivals because Brazil is one of the closest countries in the world for immigrants nowadays. The share of people that were born uh, outside Brazil currently are really, really low. Numbers go to 0.5%. Uh, and a little bit above this. So this is what makes Brazil really interesting is that, that we have this huge wave of immigrants. And unlike the US, for instance, that during all the 20th century and still the 21st century, still receiving lots of immigrants, here in, in Brazil, there is, there is just this big, big wave of 3 million uh, foreigners that have arrived and between 1872 and 1920, and then uh, immigration really dried out. Based on the origins of these last names, he was able to guess an ethnicity for almost 47 million Brazilians registered in a federal government workers database. The research found that people with non-Iberian last names, which are the most common in Brazil, studied longer and earned better salaries. For instance, Japanese descendants earn roughly 73 Brazilian reais per hour and study for over 13 and a half years. Eastern European descendants earn 52 reais per hour and Italian descendants study for more than 12 years. When it comes to the black population, hourly salaries drop to 34 per hour and only 10 years of study. Of course, this is no coincidence. How and where your ancestors came from remains a big factor in your quality of life in Brazil, says Professor Leonardo Monastério. These uh, immigrants, when they arrived in Brazil, they were more literate than Brazilians. Their numeracy was higher, their literacy was higher. Uh, while in Brazil, 23% of the population in 1920 were literate, this number for the immigrants was something close to 50%. So with Brazil, uh, human capital in Brazil, uh, literacy in Brazil, uh, in the beginning of the 20th century was um, really, really low, even compared to other poor countries. And those immigrants, they arrived with, um, they were poor for sure, most of them were poor, but uh, even though they were poor and they were not high educated, they, uh, uh, they were in a better position than Brazilians. So they managed to get good jobs in, in the Brazil that was growing really fast in the, in the first half of the, 19th, the, the 20th century. And so um, if you take in a, on account that public education in Brazil was and is very bad for the whole country in general, um, the sons and daughters of those immigrants, they managed to get a better uh, human capital through their families. The families were really important because the school was not important. It's not like other countries where part of the difference between 
high educated and the sons and daughters of of people that are are, are well educated uh that the difference gets smaller over time in brazil our guess is that this didn't happen but how did this reflect on the lives of their descendants this human capital is uh, there's not much mobility on it so if you were born in a not only in a rich family but a well-educated family uh this will go to this will pass to your to to to, to, to your descendants um so one of the possibilities is this but for sure we cannot rule out other possibilities as discrimination and maybe networks The ethnicity divide in Brazil is simultaneously kept under wraps and displayed out in the open. Racial quotas mean that we are seeing a lot more people of color in Brazilian universities. The shift hasn't properly been translated into the job market just yet. Walking into a Brazilian bank, a law firm, or even a private hospital is often an eye-opening experience. Bankers, lawyers, and doctors are overwhelmingly white, while the cleaning staff and other entry-level positions are far more likely to be filled by black and multiracial Brazilians. How can we shift this dynamic toward a more equal and less hypocritical Brazilian society? Awareness of the ethnic imbalance is clearly the first step. Brazil is no racial democracy, and it has never been. Claiming it is perpetuates a lie that has plagued the country for well over five centuries. This episode was produced and written by Natalia Scalzaretto, and we want to thank Janetta for kindly providing us with the DNA test that made this episode possible. If you want to take a test of your own, visit janetta.com.br. That's janetta.com.br. And if you like explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars and share this podcast with your friends. But that's not the best way to support us. You can go to our website and for as little as $3.90, you can subscribe to the best content about Brazil in English. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. We are bringing new content every day about how the pandemic is affecting every single aspect of life in Brazil and Latin America. And we also have a paywall-free COVID-19 live blog. That's it for this week. Stay home, stay safe. Explaining Brazil will be back next week. <laughs>